Welcome to Embody the Light, the podcast for light workers looking to evolve into their highest self. I'm Athena Bailey, a kinesiologist, channeler, and spiritual business coach. And I'm Cassandra Scardino, an energy healer, spiritual teacher, and crystal priestess. This podcast is for light workers all around the world looking to deepen their connection to spirit, step into their purpose, and activate their soul gifts. And learn about topics such as metaphysics, esoteric knowledge, ancient wisdom, crystals, plus so much more. With over 20 years combined experience between us healing, facilitating events, and running spiritual businesses, we are tuned in and ready to share our life nuggets with you. Get ready. Let's begin. Ready? Open your heart and body the light podcast. Hello and welcome to Embody the Light. Welcome everybody. I'm so excited to be joining you once again for another epic episode. Yes, we've got lots of juicy material to cover today because we are diving into the topic of becoming, embodying and being a healer. Dun dun dun! (laughs) Yes, this could be you. And, you know, this is actually a good thing to be talking about because right now, you know, a, a big part of why a lot of people came here is to become healers or to follow that path of light workers. A hundred percent. And it's something that I see a real need for as well. I know a lot of people, they've studied he, um, healing modalities. They even have the call for it, or maybe they haven't studied anything, but we're not seeing enough healers. Like I feel like we need so many more healers and my channeling clients are always asking, you know, can you recommend me a healer or a healer who specializes in this? So I feel like if it's something that you've been sitting on and feeling like you really have that calling, know that it is the divine time to be stepping into this. Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to call it out. I think we need to talk about those people that sit on the fence because I know (laughs) I've been there and, you know, you would be so close to becoming a healer and then you get that fear factor and it's like, you know, how do you push through that? So I think Mm. we'll definitely have to give some tips. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, So Cass, do you want to tell us like for you the moment where you were like, yep, I'm going to become a healer and you started seeing clients? Well, for me, it actually was something that gradually happened. But when I was lucky enough to have my awakening as a corporate, I realized that that wasn't where I wanted to be for the rest of my life. Mm. I was earning really good money. And, you know, it was like, great, if I want to go down that road and just, you know, follow that path, I'm sure I can get all of those things that tick those boxes. But I knew in my heart it wasn't going to be fulfilling. So when I finally actually said to the universe, show me what it's supposed to be like what I'm supposed to be doing and I found pranic healing I actually dedicated two years um, of service to healing people Mm. and so what ended up happening was in that two years of healing clients uh, through donation I actually built up a really strong clientele of trust Mm -hmm. and I think that was what really helped me Um, And I'm not saying you have to do two years by no means, but I definitely feel like you need to be prepared to, you know, be able to do that kind of work, not Mm -hmm. just straight off the bat. You need to have experience. Absolutely. And that's what I'm liking with more and more um, modality trainings now. They don't just kind of do like a two day workshop and you're off to go, but they actually have that practitioner training, practitioner support, like I know Point of Light does. Um, So it's really good to start seeing that more and more as well, because the hands-on experience is very different to just 
being in a classroom learning it. Yeah, like so many students go, oh God, I don't know if I could do that. And then they end up having to deal with it. Like I remember when I was teaching Point of Light and I was talking about the first ever entity clearing mm-hmm. I had to do. And I think everyone pretty much shot themselves and were just like, right, I'm out of here. <laughs> yep. And, you know, it's not like everyone's going to deal with that stuff. But I do truly believe that, you know, when you're called to this path, spirit only brings you what you're capable of doing. So, you know, to those people that have had to do deep entity clearings, that's been part of their journey. And, you know, Mm. you can always say that you want a lighter journey too. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I see it as well in Reiki too. I would always say, okay, now we're going to talk about the maybe not so nice things you might encounter in a session. And we'd start talking about attachments that might show up and people do get freaked out. And it's all of a sudden they feel a bit out overwhelmed, like what's out there. And I guess like being an energy healer, it's being prepared for all the things, but knowing it's not necessarily going to be like that um, with each client. And for me personally, and pretty much everyone I know, the kind of heavier stuff, it doesn't necessarily come in to start with. Spirit kind of, you know, lets us get warmed up. And again, like Cass was saying, only gives us what we can truly handle. Yeah, I think people got to understand as well. There's a lot of stuff that we already feel, sense and know without even being spiritual. Like, you know, you hear about people that have ghosts in their house or, Mm. you know, I, I remember when I was working in a crystal shop and this guy came in and he was like, you know, this is like a really worst case scenario, but he had scratches on his body. Mm. And, you know, I'm not saying that happens all the time, but, you know, there are dark forces out there regardless of whether we become healers or not. So I would much prefer to be prepared. That's a really good point. I like that. And being prepared, I think, when we're going to the energy world, it's very important. And making sure that as a healer, you have that kind of understanding that you're going to come across a lot of different um, different things and experiences. Jumping into that, for me, um, when I first decided to become a healer, it's interesting because I don't remember a time where I ever felt like, oh, I don't know if this is for me or not. Like just talking about it now. I never really sat on the fence. I remember after my first Reiki advanced where the teacher said to me, you can go see clients now. It was like, all right, that's it. And I literally like dropped everything <laughs> and started to see clients like literally the week after. Um, I think that's a little bit of that Sagittarius um, coming through me as well. But again, I did see people. It was like an incredibly low rate. I think I was charging like 20 bucks um, per session and that would just cover the room rent that I was paying because I needed to get that experience. Yeah, I remember when I first met you and, you know, you're such a spring summer chicken and you had (laughs) so many experiences. And I think this is why it's really good. Like if you're somebody that has been quite a sensitive person from when you were young, I know that there's a lot more now than there ever has been. And a lot of the children coming out are very sensitive as well. So if you're a parent that has sensitive children, um, you know, that's probably part of their path as well in some way. So I think the one thing I don't agree with is shutting down kids when they say that they see things or if you are sensitive, being afraid is only just because you don't understand. So, um, you know, it's really good that you had the confidence to pursue that gift because it is 100% something you could do for a job. Mm, Absolutely. And Cass, I'd like to ask you here, you know, since we know like when it was that you decided you wanted to be a healer, 
What would you say is your favorite part of being a healer? Oh my goodness. Um, I really like the part where people come back and, you know, say to me that whatever was going on for them is gone. But I think when people have that profound moment of clarity um, and transformation yeah. is really special. Yep. How about you? Yeah, hands down. Same thing. <laughs> I don't think like when, if you're meant to be a healer and you do that work, it's so satisfying um, and it's just, yeah, it's so fulfilling. There is nothing quite like it. I honestly think the kind of impact you can have as a healer is amazing. And for many of you listening, you probably have that desire to have that kind of impact. Um, and it's definitely possible. There are so many people out there who need the support of healers at this time. Yeah. So what do you think would be like the, the things that show you uh, that, you know, you are a healer compared to the ones where it's maybe not so much? Mm-hmm, totally. So I reckon a healer is someone, you know, if you're a natural born healer and you have that desire, not 100% sure about it. If you are the person that people come to to get support and you naturally hold space for them really well and you get the I feel so much better after talking to you. You're always that kind of go-to person. I'm going to say that's probably like one of the number one signs. I know. Hands down when you said that, I was like, yep, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the other things is if you've always had like a natural touch, like Mm -hmm. some people are really good with just intuiting, you know, if somebody, if something's going on in their body, like they'll just touch somebody and like, automatically just know how to work that and like you might even feel lots of heat through your hands so Mm. that's another really clear sign Mm, that's a really good one and I think also something that I experienced when I really started working with people um was this kind of spontaneous channeling and I noticed that I would have it when I was kind of talking to friends who needed help and it would just kind of come through me like this really good advice and I kind of go oh where did that come from that's really good you know and I I would have friends say oh you know you should do this like you should get paid for this so that's another sign where you're saying things that almost feel like oh did that come from me where did that come from that's really good advice and you could potentially be channeling that yeah definitely The other one I was going to say is if you're really into mysteries, like the mysteries of life, you know, I was definitely like one of those kids that, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a cult and then there's, you know, mysteries of things that are very different, but they kind of come in the ballpark when you're Mm -hmm. a child of like understanding this field. Mm, Definitely. And I think what ties in with that is if you're a problem solver, I think a lot of healing is problem solving. And being able to, you know, someone will come in with a symptom or an issue and then for us to go, great, that ties into this and how about this and kind of keep problem solving until you can find that core root issue. I think if you're a natural problem solver, then that's that's a good sign as well. Yeah, it's very intuitive, right? It's mm-hmm. like you kind of come and tap into that channeling aspect. But um, I also feel like you really get high off it. That's a really good <laughs> one, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's the main thing that like when you're in the situation where you're helping people, you enjoy it. The fact that you enjoy people coming to you with your problems, being able to help them and support them. And the truth is, is not for everyone. I've had friends who have started business in that capacity where they're supporting people and they got a few months into it and then they realize I actually really don't enjoy like this holding space for people and having to deal with people's issues. So you have to actually genuinely enjoy that because she was more of a problem solver type and so she decided that path wasn't for her. So 
it's really knowing that you'll enjoy listening to people holding space for them and I do personally find that very rewarding so if you do find that rewarding as well then maybe this is the path for you yeah I think that's a good leeway into like what is not a good person for doing healing (laughs) (laughs) who is not best suited to kind of thing (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I I would say that you know if you are quite sensitive to people and you can't really um discern your energy after a session and you're over compensating for people like that's Mm -hmm. definitely going to be something you're going to have problems with if you become a healer Definitely. And also if you kind of hear stuff and it sticks with you all day and it messes you up like emotionally as a healer, you're going to hear a lot of hard, intense things and it'll be your job to hold space and not make it about you. But if you kind of like are having a hard time processing it, hearing it, and then it kind of stays with you all day, that's going to be really draining to have multiple sessions with clients each day. Yeah. I feel like if you're not somebody that's well either like if you're constantly attracting dark forces then I think that's going to be something and when I say dark forces because I've had like people come to me for sessions saying I went to this person and they said that I had all these entities and all of this stuff and it's like sometimes those people actually are holding that vibration and so you know that's not something that I I personally do like I don't scare my clients because you Mm -hmm. can't tell stuff like that to someone that has no understanding of these things a hundred percent it's very dangerous actually it really is and when I was teaching Reiki that's something that I would say I would say look you're probably gonna like come across entities attachment at some point but you need to be really discerning about whether or not you tell them if this person has no concept or understanding you're probably better off not telling them and just clearing it for them making them feel better and clearing the root cause of why it came in. But if they do have that kind of understanding or even awareness, then yeah, you can validate or confirm it um, to them. But if they're, you know, it's not always appropriate. Yeah, so I think you have to be quite tactful in this industry, you know, have really good communication skills. I mean, there is such thing as tough love, like you can mm-hmm. still be blunt, but not in a way that's actually going to hurt the person, because that's something that I think can really um, cause a lot of grief for people, especially when there's a lot of spiritual people trying to do good, and then they're having to deal with all of these people that aren't doing the, a great job kind of thing. Absolutely. And I think that What we are seeing, because there's this boom in the healing industry, we are seeing a lot of like practitioner modalities that are amazing and really bring in wonderful healers. But then we're also seeing ones that maybe don't cover the things that they would need to. And I have a couple, I'm sure Cass, you have a few as well of things that I see as a really weak point. So if you have kind of studied something and you're not sure or don't know about these things that we're talking about, it might be worth looking into before actually beginning to start seeing clients. One of those is, um, I really believe being trauma informed. So knowing how to actually deal and support people who have been through incredibly traumatic situations without making it worse or knowing what to do. So for example, if you know, a client has had a really full on trauma and they're kind of struggling with that and really 
um, in it. You know, they've you can see that they're physically, emotionally, mentally in it. It's probably not going to be appropriate for you to regress them back to that or go deeper into it. And at that point, I'd actually be asking them, are you seeing a mental health specialist? Are you seeing a psychologist to kind of support this work? Because we're not mental health specialists and we can support it, but making sure that they have someone as well who is really trained and supported in that and making sure that they, you know, if you're going to take them into some kind of trauma, you can't end the session when they're fully in it and they're bawling their eyes out. You actually have to make sure you support them um, and all the way to the point where they're okay after. So that's, it's really important to be trauma informed and to know how to work with trauma because it is a bit of a different ball game than just like relationship healing or something like that. Yeah, the other thing I would really say as well is that you need to have experience. Um, a lot of people now are just setting themselves up and, you know, claiming to do all of these things but haven't actually done enough work, um, especially if you're dealing with any types of medicine because yeah. that can also be one of those tricky things where if you're over your head in something, then you could be doing damage rather than good. And so you need to be getting practice under your belt with professionals. And so I spent a lot of time during my early years as a healer working for free. And mm -hmm. I was never, you know, reluctant to do that because I knew I gained so much wealth and experience that now I can actually do so much more than I would ever imagine I could. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, coming into kind of the mental health aspect for it, I think is also important to know, you know, because I studied psychology and obviously I didn't go on to do that. But one of the things that we're taught is how to like the real ethics of handling certain situations with clients. One of those is what do you do when a client comes in and tells you they want to kill themselves? Now in psychology, we're taught you notify the police because if you don't and they kill themselves, you're responsible. Now as a healer, how do you handle that? How do you handle a suicidal client, someone who tells you they want to do that? And that's really something to actually think about before you start seeing people knowing, okay, in these different situations, what am I going to do? How am I going to approach that? Yeah. In those instances, I think you really have to hold space for that person. And um, it's not about going into the trauma. It's about bringing them back into their body because mm -hmm. they're in their pain state. Um, and pain can be a really tricky thing because, you know, we sometimes have to go through the pain in order for us to get to the good. Mm -hmm. And so this is where I think boundaries can really come in and, mm. you know, setting yourself a safe space for yourself and your clients is also really recommended. Absolutely. And I think this is something, again, that's very important. And if you've ever done counseling training, you're taught how to really hold space, how to be an active listener, but a lot of modalities don't necessarily cover that. And for a lot of healers, it comes naturally. But sometimes you might come across a healer that's quite blunt, like it's unpleasant and you don't have a positive interaction. I mean, you can have that even with a psychologist. It's not just in the domain of the healers. But I think something um, if you want to become a healer is to be really good at hold holding space. How can you kind of open your heart, create this loving space to know that your client feels safe, like they can share anything, that it's confidential um, and that they can just open up in that space?
Yeah, I feel like there's different types of healers. So there's like an active healer and then there's like a passive healer. So like mm. the active feels very hands-on. They're probably more like the shamanic medicine yeah. workers, very much like working with the body and all of that kind of stuff. Whereas the passive can be more like the galactic, the Reiki, the channeling and all of like those energies that embody, you know, really heart space centered kind of um, information and clearings and stuff mm. like that. So, you know, you might be listening to this and being like, oh God, I don't know if I can even be a healer after all of these <laughs> things you said, but like, you know, maybe there's a place for you. You just have to like find where you sit. Absolutely. I would definitely agree with that. And I think something to start considering is how you look after yourself as a healer. So one of the things that I hear um, or I see with my clients is that, oh, sorry, I should say something that I see with my students is that they have a capacity for how many clients they can see. And I know that I've experienced this. I don't know if you have Cass, but yeah. pretty much like I would see when I first started healing on average, maybe four to five clients a week, I raised my rates and it would be the same. Like I'd raise my rates. And it was the same. And that was just the capacity. And then I'd work on myself. I kind of become healthier, work on my energy. And then my capacity would increase and I'd start seeing more clients. And so one of the things like if you want more clients, marketing like obviously is a big part of it. But another part of it is your capacity for how many clients can you actually see? What's your capacity? How much space can you hold in your being and your body for clients? And a lot of that comes into boundaries, how we prepare and how we disconnect from our clients. Yes, I've had to learn this the hard way. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> we all? Yeah. I think one of the things when you're a healer and you just naturally gravitate to being more loving and caring and that's just who you are in your core is that we can sometimes, you know, not realize that there's something unhealthy around just doing everything and helping everyone and not actually stepping back and seeing things from real perspective and clarity of what's serving and not, not serving. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any examples around that? I do. So something, and I see this a lot with my students and clients as well for, that they have to go through is they have a great session with a client or really full on session. And then the client sends them this really long email asking for more support, asking for more help. And of course the healer wants to help, but at the same time, it's like, this is going to take a lot of my time and energy. And what we say yes to, we bring more of. So, you know, they reply, they spend, I don't know, half an hour solving that issue for free. And then they, you know, it happens again and again. So I like, I feel like that is a really classic example of boundaries. And so it's really, how can we um, continue to support our clients, you know, without being rude, without saying no, without abandoning them. And I think one of the ways is here being able to let them know, you know, this is really something I would love to support you with. It's definitely something more than just an email. Here's the booking link to book another appointment. Let's get to work on this as soon as possible because it sounds like there's a lot more coming up for you here and I'd love to support you with it. Yeah, the other thing I'm going to say, which was one of my big life lessons, was not every client becomes a friend because as soon as you cross that boundary of client friendship, it can actually really invade in your personal life. Yeah. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Yeah. When people come to you for healing, it's because they need help. And yeah. when they think that you're a friend, it's a friendship is a two-way interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, you get as much as you give when you're in a friendship. But when it's coming from a place where they're there to get that support from you, then you're their healer. Yeah, and I think it's here important to know that Cass and I are both like healers, channelers, teachers. 
And one thing that I've noticed that Casperly has too is my students do usually end up becoming my friends and it's a different kind of relationship than we have with our clients that we're healing for. Uh, because that's a different energy. It's like we're actually taking on their problems, like solving them, helping us. It's a it's a client healer relationship, and it's not really ethical always to continue that into a friendship. But when it's the teacher and they attend your courses, they're usually people who are in that same wavelength frequency. And as they evolve, they um, you know and really learn all this stuff. They become these awesome light leaders that you want to be friends with, and it's just like you naturally. Click, I can say a lot of my good friends today, you know, me and Cass, as a great example, it's you meet at these courses and events and that's, it's a totally different relationship to a client and a healer. Yeah, because I mean, there's sometimes you meet clients and students that are there to upgrade from something that they already know that you're just the channel passing that information through them and they've got other channels and information that come through to you. So, you know, that's where a two-way street can come through. But um, I feel like... One thing that you need to be mindful of is just being really, um, what's the word, honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. If somebody's in a space where they have a lot going on in their life and they want to become closer with you, then it's really about making sure that you don't have to take on any of their, their work because mm -hmm. there are people that kind of jump around to a lot of healers or a lot of spiritual groups and don't actually, like they bypass the work basically. They're not sitting there and doing it. So absolutely. And so for you, like coming back to the capacity and the boundaries and all of this, for you as a healer, if you leave a session and you feel kind of awful, you feel worse than you started, it's time to start looking into your energy expenditure. When I was teaching Reiki, we would always say, when you do a Reiki session, you feel better afterwards. So I could see six clients, but the whole time I was channeling this high vibrational energy, so I would feel amazing afterwards. If I felt worse, it would mean that I was sending my own life force energy and that there had been energy leaks somewhere. So if you're noticing you feel tired, off, irritable after your sessions and that you're having a hard time and maybe even part of you isn't looking forward to them anymore because you're struggling, chances are it's the energy needs to change. The energy exchange potentially that means financially are you charged is it time to raise your prices but also are you taking on their stuff are you properly disconnecting closing clearing your energy after the sessions yeah I think this is a good thing to talk about as well because you know when are you ready to become a healer like when are you ready to like take this on as a full-time path mm -hmm. and like what was your story I guess for you to integrate into that because I know you do a lot of business coaching for spiritual people you know I've had your like help and it's mm -hmm. been amazing um but yeah how did you get there yeah and I think like when people are at that stage where they're like I want to go full-time it's being one ready like working on your energy is going to become the most important thing for your well-being and your client's well-being like the clearer better your energy is the more capacity you have to serve and the better your sessions are and the better you will feel. On top of that, it's also realizing that you're going to have to learn some stuff about business and marketing. Now, on the off chance, which is very, very rare, you get a job in a clinic that does the marketing for you, which as far as I know, I don't know of any kind of healers that um, you know have been hired into a place that does the marketing for them. For most healers, they will rent out a room or do it online and they're fully responsible for getting their own clients. 
So you actually have to be prepared to do that, to go out and get your own clients. And how are you going to do that? How much energy are you going to expend into that? Because when you first start, a lot of your energy will go there. Not as much like once it takes off, but yeah, you're going to have to learn about business, marketing, social media, all the things so you can start finding clients. Mm, I mean, when I started, it was really funny because I don't think I was really preparing myself to be a full-time healer, but you know, spirit just kept on forcing it upon me. It mm-hmm. was just like, as much as you don't think you're going to do this, you're going to do this. <laughs> and I remember kept I kept on manifesting jobs that you know, would give me the same amount of money, but less hours, but wasn't soul aligned. And it was just like, every time I'd go to those jobs, I would still feel so drained and so tired and so zapped. And then I would go and do what I was really loving, but I was so afraid to leave that job because of that security blanket that I had, Mm. you know? And I find that that's a really big one is like having the trust to know that you'll get the money that you need to support yourself. And I'm not saying that you can just go quit your job tomorrow and all of a sudden (laughs) become a healer because that's not the way that I would recommend doing it. But I feel like you can have a part-time job and still be focused on your real calling and make the calling your priority and the part-time job just the support until you are ready to fully disconnect from it. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend, you know, being able to financially support yourself a couple of days with some casual work that you don't actually mind going to like you know it might even be a good place for you to find clients if you need to Mm -hmm. um just by talking to people because when you love what you do I remember I would just say to people oh my god I had this amazing session and Mm -hmm. you know obviously privacy you don't talk about who the person is but you just would be like oh and they had this amazing breakthrough and they had this amazing transformation and people would be like oh wow can I have a session with you and it's just like Boom, there you go. Yeah. And I think that's a, you make a really good point there, Cass, because I do work with a lot of people um, to become like spiritual practitioners and have their business and have their business online. And I see a lot of people from different walks of life. And something that I see time and time again is like one of the best options it is. It's having casual work and being able to focus your energy on your business because people who have a nine to five, they get to a point where they're exhausted. And I see this theme over and over again where they're like, I didn't realize how much time I would have to spend on building a business. I just want to do healing work, but that's the reality of it. You got to do a business and they end up spending more time on that than actually healing. So I, and some people, they have a support network. They might have a partner who can support them. I've seen people with savings who like take the, a few months off to just go full time into it and can support themselves. But the trick here is not to kind of, you know, just have be living paycheck to paycheck and be like, I'll figure it out and make it work. Because what I see is that you start moving out of the energy of stress. You start moving out of the energy of fear. And suddenly you're not going, I want to see clients because I love this, but oh my God, I want to see clients so I can pay my rent. And if I don't see a client, this thing is going to happen. And suddenly we're moving in an energy we don't want to be and a real stress and fear. And that's not really going to support us in moving through the world the way we want to. That's a good point. So what could we offer for our listeners that are really like, what would be our juicy tips to kind of like help them to set themselves up? Because I think, you know, if you Mm -hmm. were serious about becoming a healer, Mm -hmm. um, like one of the first things I would probably say is like, 
what kind of things light you up? Like what kind of sessions really light you up as a person? Because I know a lot of my clients come from experiences that I've had in Mm -hmm. my own personal life. And so I call that in so organically and naturally. So it's not like a burden to work because it's like all of a sudden I'm dealing with things that I understand and I feel Mm. like this is why I've been put here. That's such a good point. And I do the exact same thing. I'm really specific about who I want to work with. So I don't just kind of go anybody book in with me. I'm like, I know where I thrive. I know what lights me up and I know what I'm best at. And that's what I not only energetically set the intention, but I also focus on in my marketing. So for you, you know, you might not know because you haven't had any experience, but once you get that experience, start thinking about who did I really enjoy working with? What do I really want to help people with? And you can start really focusing on a few areas. You know, it doesn't have to be just really super niched, but even just a few areas um, that do light you up and you can pursue. Yeah. The other thing I would say is don't get so hell bent on like getting it right at the beginning because, mm-hmm. you know, when I started off, I thought I was going to do one thing and then it completely transformed into mm-hmm. something else. That's how so, it goes. <laughs> so it's just kind of good to go with the flow. And I think if you want to become a healer, start up your own personal page. Yeah. And if you can afford to get a coach, there's somebody that has done it before, you are going to definitely get leaps and bounds forward. Mm-hmm. And I know you've done that. I've done that with you. And I've like really experienced that because mm-hmm. you tap into that person's energy as well. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. Like, if you're going, okay, I want to be a healer, getting the experience, learning that, becoming a really good healer is one thing. And then it's like there's a bit of an energy change where you've invested all this time, energy, and money in becoming that. And now the energy, time, money changes to, great, now how do I have a successful business from this? And when it comes down to it, that, like, we'll do a separate podcast episode to go deeper into it. But be prepared to work on your belief systems. Be prepared to be doing money work because it's going to challenge a lot of those different areas. So a lot of the work you're going to be doing around your business is healing your own stuff that's holding you back, working on your mindset and showing up. Like if you've got fear around judgment, visibility, which I see as the biggest blocks for spiritual practitioners, visibility. Those are the ones that you're going to need to work through as much as you're focusing on taking action, following the strategy, doing the marketing. And look, if you are looking for someone to support you with that, I do have Business Alchemy Mastermind. But otherwise, look for somebody who understands spiritual practitioners, because what you're going to find is a marketer It's going to give you a strategy that is not aligned for spiritual practitioners and not all strategies are or they're not going to kind of acknowledge, um, you know, your intuition, what you're receiving, and even the energy work that you need to do in this, um, for you to excel in your business. And if you're doing this work in this lifetime, you're called to do it, 99% you've done it in a previous lifetime, which means that the issues, blocks, successes that you've had in that lifetime are gonna show up in this one when you need to do it. And having someone who understands that and is prepared to work with you through that is really important. Yeah, and I would also say if you can try to link up with a 
business and learn through them mm. rather than make the mistakes, then yep. that would be a really good tip. Because like I said, when I first started, I didn't think I would be here where, where I am now, but like spirit just kept on pushing me. And, you know, one of the things that happened was one of my, my friends at the time who was a psychic was like, oh, my friend who runs a crystal shop is looking for, you know, a personal assistant. And at that time I was like, yeah, sure, I can do that. And mm. then sure enough, I became her personal assistant and then I ended up learning all the marketing and then I ended up becoming a psychic for her and like I was never like prepared to become a psychic or (laughs) you know thinking I would do crystal teachings in the class that in her store but if it wasn't for that you know random push for me to just work for this woman I wouldn't have gained all of that insight and learnt a lot of stuff of the things you shouldn't do as well. A hundred percent and so coming into that, if you do want to learn more about like healing and becoming a healer, you're definitely going to want to check out Cass's Point of Light Therapy Modality Practitioner course. And if you do want to know more about business support, I have free courses on my website, Six Figure Spiritual Business Owner, and then obviously more intensive six month programs with me to support you in that. Yeah, Athena's a master with like helping you get into that, you know, realm and then learning how to talk from the lingo that really comes from your heart space and is manifesting from that place where you really want to be of service because that's where you want to come from. And now that we're going online, it is so much more easier to become a healer. And, you know, you don't have to go and do things you don't want to do because you've got that flexibility. And I want to say, like, thank you to the pandemic for doing that, because before that I had like made set the intention like a couple of years ago, I'm only going to see clients online. But so many clients were still having a hard time and they're like, oh, you're in Sydney. Can I just come to your home? And I was like, I don't want to see clients in my home. Like I just said that was not something that I wanted and people would have a hard time with it. But since the pandemic, it's just become so easy. Nobody kind of says, can I come over? Everybody just accepts you do it online. So there is literally no better time ever to become a healer than now. So if you feel the calling, the time is now. I agree. If you really want to become a healer, get on that bandwagon because this is the prime opportunity for you. Damn right. Healers, healers rising. (laughs) Cool. Can you think of anything else that you would like to give apart from one little last tip, which is if you're somebody that's sensitive to Mercury retrograde, like (laughs) I Good point, yeah. It's a going joke now between my, my friends and I, but I like to now do all of my um, work based around <laughs> retrograde because I do find that it hits me um, energetically and it might not hurt, hurt, hurt you so badly, but, you know, that's another little quick tip I'm going to throw out there. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to agree with that one. Plan your launches around Mercury retrograde. Don't <laughs> don't be like me. <laughs> His entire computer died during a launch because of Mercury retrograde. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I'm telling you. It does. Cool. Well, thank you everyone so much for joining in and listening to our podcast today. I hope you enjoyed this information upload um, integration. And if you are looking to, you know, get some more tips and tricks, check out the rest of our podcast or, you know, check us out as well. Definitely. We'll have the links down in the info box so you can learn more about us and the references which we talked about in this episode. And we'll see you next time.
Enjoy. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Athena here. If you've been listening to this episode and you're a spiritual practitioner who's interested in growing and scaling their spiritual business, this is for you. When it comes to growing spiritual businesses, we work with strategy, spirit, and through healing, including past life work, to help you go from light worker to light leader. If you're interested, click on the info box for more details below. Cassandra here, and I would love to share with you my introduction to stone medicine through spirit and science, which has a basis of shamanism, spirituality, and working with crystals through scientific practices. This is an amazing opportunity for you to enhance your skills with crystals, and I'm offering a free activation in your psychic abilities so that you will definitely feel confident that you can connect in and communicate with stones. If you'd like to check out more information, then click on the box below. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Embody the Light. We'd be so grateful if you left a review and subscribed. If you click on the info box underneath this podcast, you'll find links to both of our websites, which have our products, courses, and services listed. We also have some great free courses on our website, so go check it out. And we'll see you on our next episode. Lots of love. Lots of love. Blessings. Blessings on your journey.